People often ask me, why do you believe? Why do you believe and follow Jesus? That is when I tell them the reasons I can give for knowing that my Savior with God in heaven lives. I believe, I believe that Jesus who was crucified, just as the prophets prophesied, he left the tomb unoccupied with angels in his stead. And I believe, I believe he showed himself to witnesses, to those who would attest to his true presence in the midst of them, the many who beheld. So when the people ask me, why do you believe? Why do you believe and follow Jesus? That is when I tell them the reasons I can give for knowing that my Savior with God in heaven lives. I believe, I believe they preached in Jerusalem as resurrected Son of Man, and enemies could not reprimand the truth of all their claims. And I believe, I believe disciples suffered sword and fight, they gladly bore the pain and shame to magnify the holy name of Christ the risen Lord. This one great fact of history I'll cling to all my days, that one day I may see him when with him I am raised, that one day I may see him when with him I am
be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Help me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days. May I serve with honor in the role you've given me. And may I never go beyond my place as I serve my May my hands be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Help me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days. Who are you? You know, without a doubt, somebody has asked you that question before. And depending on who's asking the question and the, the context of it, uh, sometimes you might have found yourself answering different with different people. You know, sometimes people want to know, like, okay, who are you in the sense of what what is your job? You know, what's your occupation? Sometimes people might even want to know a little bit about, you know, your background, who you are, and what's led up to, to this moment in history. Sometimes if it's maybe somebody who you once knew, and then y'all are both kind of trying to piece each other together. It might be like, now, who are you? Rem you know, remind me who you are again. There can be all sorts of different ways of responding to that question of who you are. Let's take a look at John the Baptist, and let's see whenever he was asked that question, who are you? What did he respond? Because I believe throughout this lesson that what we can see is how John the Baptist responded is very similar to how we should respond. And at least his response teaches us the type of behavior uh, that we should have, the type of, of way that we should look at ourselves compared to Christ. So let's take a look at this together. For starters, this actual question appears in John chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. We read here that it reads, Finally the Jews said, Who are you? And then verse 23, John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. That was his uh, immediate answer to that question of who you are. You know, who are you? They wanted to know because they, they had their suspicions about him. Well, John's gospel, which, by the way, I, I want to go ahead and get this out of the way because it's always confusing because you read in John's gospel and then you're, you're reading about John the Baptist right here in, in chapter one. Um. It's not the same John. The, the John who wrote it was one of the disciples uh, of Jesus, one of the inner 12, so to speak, one of the apostles. Uh, the John the Baptist, the character that we call John the Baptist, um, he, was the, uh, he was a relative of Jesus. And he was also the one who called himself the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight for the way of the Lord. So here, whenever I refer to the book of John, we're talking about the John who wrote the book. John the Baptist is one of the the figures in the book of John. So John the Baptist is asked this question of who he is, and he wanted to respond. Well, John has already been kind of laying the foundation for who John the Baptist is. He's already been telling us the, the role that uh, John plays. Let's look at these things. In verses six through nine, John writes this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. 
The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So here we find out something about John the Baptist. You know, so the answer about who he was, he couldn't answer that he himself was a light because he himself was not the light, but like what verse 8 says. He wasn't the light, but he was a witness to the light. He was looking forward to the light. He was pointing ahead at something greater than him. And he knew that the true light was something wonderful. See, John's already been talking about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And also how the all of creation was made through the Word. And he's going to go on and, and mention in verse 14 that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. So this Word that is related with God from the very beginning of John's gospel, this is that true light that John was talking about and that John recognized here. But there's also a little bit more about who John the Baptist was, because there's more about his message too, all the way in the first few verses of John's gospel. Now let's look at verses 15 through 18. John testified concerning Jesus. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God, and is in closest relationship to the Father, has made him known. So this is what John is stating. And here, I guess, also, this is what John the Baptist is testifying here. Verses 15 through 18, we find out more about this message. This message about what John is saying of how great Jesus is, how wonderful he is. So then, whenever he's asked that question of who are you, John knows his place, and he knows how to respond. To that answer. Let's take a look in greater detail about that story of that question, who are you, and how that came to be. Still in John chapter 1, this time verses 19 through 28. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water. John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened in Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. So here in these verses, in this context here, this passage shows us John's been questioned about who he is. They want to know, and their questions are very important questions because all of these questions that they have for him, they deal with Old Testament things. They ask him the question, first off, are you Elijah? Well, his, his immediate response is, I am not. Now, later we find out that actually he did come in the spirit and the power of Elijah, but we're not going to get into that uh, right now. But, you know, whenever you look at this, this question comes from 
among other places. This question comes from the last uh, few verses of the prophet Malachi, the very last prophet of the Old Testament. And he foretold that there was going to be uh, a coming of Elijah, that Elijah was going to come uh, before the Messiah. Um, and John the Baptist, he was that Elijah. But it is interesting that right here he says, I am not. Well, the reason why he's saying I'm not is all of these things deal with, you know, they want to know who are you? What are you doing? And he's trying to just say, look, I'm not really the important one. Are you Elijah? No. You know, he's he's not testifying about his greatness in any way. Are you the prophet? Now, that prophet, that goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 18, because Moses was told, and then he also told the people that there's going to be another prophet that's like him that arises. So are you that prophet? They were waiting for that. And he says, no. So John openly stated that he's not the Messiah. He's not Elijah. He's not the prophet. He keeps answering no to everything. And then they ask in verse 22, who are you? What do you say about yourself? Well, he's not saying anything about himself. All he's saying is who he's not. He's not the Messiah. He's not Elijah. He's not the prophet. What do you say about yourself? His response, I find it pretty funny in verse 23 that when they ask him the question, what do you say about yourself? He still doesn't even answer in his own words because notice his reply. It comes from the words of Isaiah the prophet. And Isaiah the prophet spoke about that there's going to be a voice of one calling in the wilderness. And John says, I'm that voice. I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. And I want to notice that there's, there's two different kind of areas in which we can look at this phrase because he first starts off with i'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness that quite literally fits exactly what john the baptist was doing because he was out in the wilderness he obviously was a voice who was calling out okay so very very literally that's what he is but even more than that he is making a bit of a prophetic statement and this this whole chapter of isaiah 40 where that where he's quoting right there if you go back and if you read that chapter, you find out that all of it is, is uplifting God and talking about how great God is, how wonderful he is. And John says that he's this voice who's calling out in the wilderness. Well, John, his purpose was to be that voice. What about us today? See, I think that we can learn very similarly to John here. I think we can learn and should learn that it's our job to be a voice. It's our job to call out, to be able to tell people about our great God that we serve and what he's done. People still had questions, you know, about it. They wanted to know, you know, why are you baptizing them? What's going on with this? Why did you come out into this wilderness preaching and then baptizing? They didn't understand that at all. And John explains that next part of the phrase, because the first part is he's the voice calling out of wilderness, and he is doing that. But he's also the, the part that he plays and what he's saying is make straight the way for the Lord. And he contrasts the baptism that he is doing with the baptism that Jesus is going to offer later. That's why he says in verses 26 and, and 27, I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He's talking about Jesus. In verse 27, he, that is Jesus, is the one who comes after me, 
the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. So he's making this contrast here, and he's showing that there is some something greater is coming, someone greater is coming. He's the voice that's proclaiming that message. That message has everything to do with making straight the way for the Lord. Let's look at more about this, this second thing here, about making a making straight the way for the Lord, because I believe that's the rest of what this, uh, this next passage uh, will show us here about John's testimony. Now let's look at verses 29 through 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Okay, so going back to what, what John is doing here, we see he is this voice of the one that's calling out. What's he calling out? What's the purpose of it? Make straight the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for the Lord. Get everything ready for the Lord's coming. And the Lord came. Whenever the Lord came, he was going to do greater things than John the Baptist. And John knew that. That's why, he, that's why John kept saying, look, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. I'm not something great. I'm a voice calling out of the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. The Lord has come. The, the Lord is coming in these verses right here. And we see that we see the power that he has. We see that this is the true light. We see this is the Messiah. This is the prophet. And we find out that, you know, if you want to look at, at those things, you can look at Peter's sermon in Acts 2. And he definitely gets into great detail about how Jesus is that Messiah that they've been waiting for. And then in Acts chapter three, we see that, that Peter uh, goes into greater details and explain that Jesus is that prophet that was prophesied as well. So Jesus is wrapped up in those, those two things wrapped up in one. He's the Messiah, he's the prophet they're waiting for. He is something great, he is God in the flesh. That's what Jesus Christ is. And we also find out that John's purpose was to prepare this way for the Lord to make straight the way for the Lord. He states in verse 31 that the reason that he came to baptize with water was so that Jesus would be revealed to Israel. And Jesus was revealed. How was he revealed? What was that going to look like? Well, John was given a sign. He was actually told that, that what was going to happen was, uh, look at verse 33. Here we are. The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So he came, he, his job was to baptize in water. He knew there was somebody else who was going to be coming and baptizing in the Holy Spirit. That wasn't his job. His job was to baptize in water, prepare the way for the Lord, and point toward and reveal to Israel the, the Lord and what the Lord is doing. The Lord is the one that's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And we see that this starts to change. We see that they start to to realize, and John is pointing this way. Uh, so when did the Spirit come and remain on Jesus? Well, if you remember, whenever Jesus himself was baptized by John, we saw that the, that the heavens were open 
there was a voice that was heard from the Father. And then also there's that dove that appeared, or the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. And apparently, you know, at least in my mind, I think that, you know, the dove came down, made an appearance, and then kind of you know, went away or whatever. But apparently what John the Baptist says right here is that the Spirit came on him, but it remained on him. So Jesus is one that the Spirit came down and remained on him. That's very significant because now he's going to pass on this Holy Spirit to them as well, to his own disciples. And John testifies. He says, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. This is God's chosen one. This is the Messiah. This is the prophet. And John's purpose was to prepare the way for the Lord. Now, I think that we need to look at John and recognize something about him. And that is, his job was to be a voice in the wilderness to prepare the way for the first coming of our Lord. And he did an excellent job. Wonderful uh, about everything that, that John the Baptist did. And I, I would have loved to have just heard him preaching some of those uh, sermons like what he preached and just how he was. He would have been an interesting character to see, most certainly. But, you know, in a very similar way, we have a very similar task. That task is that we are still called to be a voice out in the world. And our job is to help people prepare for the return of Jesus. Not just not preparing the way or not just making straight the way for the Lord, but preparing the way for the return of the Lord, the second coming. We know that he is going to be coming back. And the thing is, we need to be ready. And yeah, that, that's so important. Please don't forget to do that yourself. Be ready for the return of Christ. But we need to be a voice who is speaking out in the wilderness, in the world. We need to be preaching in the world that the Lord is coming back, we need to be ready. And we need to help other people to be ready for that day as well. That's how we are called to be like John. Just like he prepared the way for the first coming of, of God. Now we need to be ready to prepare for and tell people about the second coming of God. Come without money, come without price. Jesus has made the great sacrifice. Gladly he suffered our Calvary. He the great call, salvation is free. Here's his call, so tenderly. Incline thine ear and come unto me. Here's his call, so tenderly. Sin. Here's his call so tenderly, incline 
be closed. Sad it will be to find no repose. Here is his soul, so tenderly inclined.